Chapter 12, Part 1 of Glimpses of Italian Society in the 18th Century by Hester Lynch Piozzi. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Lago Maggiore, Return to Verona, Part 1. We've got a country house for the remaining part of the hot weather upon the confines of the Milanese dominions where Switzerland first begins to bow her bleak head and soften gradually in the sunshine of Italian fertility. From every walk and villa round this delightful spot one sees an assemblage of beauties rarely to be met with, and there is a resemblance in it to the Vale of Cluid, which makes it still more interesting to me. But we have obtained leave to spend a week of our destined villeggiatura at the Borromean Palace, situated in the middle of Lago Maggiore, on the island so truly termed Isola Bella, every step to which from our villa at Varese teems with new beauties, and only wants the sea to render it in point of view of mere landscape superior to anything we have seen yet. Our manner of living here is positively like nothing real and the fanciful description of oriental magnificence with Sagard's retirement in the Rambler to his palace on the Lake D'Ambea is all I have ever read that could come in competition with it. For here is one barge full of friends from Milan, another carrying a complete band of thirteen of the best musicians in Italy to amuse ourselves and them, with concerts every evening upon the water by moonlight while the inhabitants of these Elysian regions who live upon the banks come down in crowds to the shores, glad to receive additional delight, where satiety of pleasure seems the sole evil to be dreaded. It is well known that the wild mountains of Savoy, the rich plains of Lombardy, the verdant pastures of Piedmont and the pointed Alps of Switzerland form the limits of Lago Maggiore, where upon a naked rock, torn, I trust, from some surrounding hill, or happily thrown up in the middle of the water by a subterranean volcano, the Count Borromeo, in the year 1613, began to carry earth and lay out a pretty garden, which from that day has been perpetually improving, till an appearance of eastern grandeur which it now wears is rendered still more charming by the studied elegance of art and the conveniences of common life. The palace is constructed as if to realise Johnson's ideas in his Prince of Abyssinia. The garden consists of ten terraces, the walls of which are completely covered with orange, lemon and sedrati trees, whose glowing colours and whose fragrant scent are easily discerned at a considerable distance and the perfume particularly often reaches as far as the opposite shore. Nor are standards of the same plants wanting. I measured one, not the largest in the grove, which had been planted 105 years. It was a full yard and a quarter round. There were 46 of them set near each other and formed a delightful shade. The sedrati fruit grows as large as a late Romana melon with us in England and everything one sees, and everything one hears, and everything one tastes, 
brings to one's mind the fortunate islands and the golden age walks woods and terraces within the island and a prospect of unequalled variety without make this a kind of fairy habitation so like something one has seen represented on theatres that my female companion cried out as we approached the place if we go any nearer now i am sure it will all vanish into air there is solidity enough however a little village consisting of eighteen fishermen's houses and a pretty church with a dozen of well-grown poplars before it together with the palace and garden compose the territory which commodiously contains two hundred and fifty souls as the circuit is somewhat more than a measured mile and a half but not two miles in all and we have cannons to guard our calypso-like dominion for which count borromeo pays tribute to the king of sardinia but has himself the right of raising men upon the mainland and of coining money at my can a little town amid the hollows of these rocks which present their regular fronts to the lake in a manner surprisingly beautiful he has three other islets on the same water for the change of amusement of which that named la superiore is covered with a hamlet and l'isola madre with a wood full of game guinea-fowl and common poultry a summer-house beside furnished with chintz and containing so many apartments that i am told the uncle of the present possessor having quarrelled with his wife and resolving in a pet to leave the world shut himself up on that little spot of earth and never touched the continent as i may call it for the last seventeen years of his life let me add that he had there his church and his chaplain three musical professors in constant pay and a pretty yacht to row or sail and fetch in friends physicians etc from the mainland his nephew has not the same taste at all seldom spending more than a week and that only once a year among his islands which are kept however quite in a princely style the family crest a unicorn made in white marble and of colossal greatness proudly overlooking ten broad terraces which rise in a pyramidal form from the water each wall richly covered with orange and lemon trees and every parapet concealed under thickly flowering shrubs of incessant variety as if every climate had been culled to adorn this tiny spot more than a hundred beds are made in the palace which has likewise a grotto floor of infinite ingenuity and beautiful from being happily contrasted against the general splendour of the house itself i have seen no such effort of what we call taste since i left england as these apartments on the level with the lake exhibit being all roofed and wainscoted with well-disposed shell-work and decorated with fountains in a lively and pleasing manner some large history pieces adorn the walls of the vast room we dined in where though we never sit down fewer than twenty or twenty-five people to table all seem lost from the greatness of its size till the concert fills it in the evening it is the garden however more than the palace which deserves description he who has the care of it was born upon the island and never strayed further than four miles he tells me from the borders of his master's lake 
sure he must think the fall of man a fable he lives in eden still how much must such a fellow be confounded could he be carried blindfolded in the midst of winter to london or to paris and set down in fleet street or rue st honore that he understands his business so as to need no tuition from the habitants of either city may be seen by a fig tree which i found here engrafted on a lemon both bear fruit at the same moment while a vine curls up the stem of the lemon tree dangling her grapes in that delicious company with apparent satisfaction to herself and other inoculation of a moss rose upon an orange and a third of a carnation upon a sandrati tree gave me new knowledge of what the gardener's art aided by a happy climate could perform but when rowing round the lake with our band of music yesterday we touched at a country seat upon the side which joins the milanese dominion and i found myself presented with currants and gooseberries by a kind family who having made their fortune in amsterdam had imbibed some dutch ideas we returned to our enchanted palace with music playing by our side i never saw a party of pleasure carried on so happily the weather was singularly bright and clear the moon at full the french horns breaking the silence of the night invited echo to answer them the nine days and we enjoyed seventeen or eighteen hours out of every twenty-four seemed nine minutes when we came home to our country house in the verazotto verses and sonnets saluted our arrival and congratulated our wedding day of the noblemen's seats in the neighbourhood it may indeed be remarked that however spacious the house and however splendid the furniture may prove upon examination however pompous the garden may be to the first glance and the terraces however magnificent spiders are seldom excluded from the mansion or weeds from the pleasure-ground of the possessor a climate so warm would afford some excuse for this nastiness could one observe the inhabitants were discomposed at such an effect from a good cause or if one could flatter oneself that they themselves were hurt at it but when they gravely display an embroidered bed or counterpane worthy of arachne's fingers before her metamorphosis covered over by her present labours who can forbear laughing the gardener in two minutes arriving to assist you up slopes all flourishing with cat's tail and poppy while your friends cry here this is nature is it not pure nature tutto naturale si secondo l'uso inglese note also natural and pretty quite in the english style End note. but i am disturbed from writing my book by the good-humoured gaiety of our cheerful friends with whom we never sit down fewer than fourteen or fifteen to table i think and surely never rise from it without many a genuine burst of honest merriment undisguised by affectation or fettered by restraint our gentlemen make improviso rhymes and cut comical faces 
go out to the field after dinner and play at a sort of blind man's buff which they call breaking the pan nor do the low ones in company arrange their minds as i see in compliment to the high ones but tell their opinions with a freedom i little expected to find mixed society is very rare among them almost unknown it seems but when they do mix at a country place like this the great are kind to do them justice and the little not servile they are wise indeed in making society easy to them for no human being suffers solitude so ill as does an italian an english lady once made me observe that a cat never purrs when she is alone let her have what meat and warmth she will i think these social spirited milanese are like her for they can hardly believe that there is existing a person who would not willingly prefer any company to none when we were at the islands three weeks ago a charming place says one of our companions cioè con un mondo d'amici così note that is with a heap of friends about one in this manner End note. but with one's own family methinks said i and a good library of books this sweet lake to bathe in oh they cried all at once dio ne liberi note oh god keep on from that End note. this is national character why there are no birds of the watery kind coots wild ducks kagis upon these lakes nobody informs me i have been often told that that of geneva swarms with them and it is but a very few miles off our people though have little care to ascertain such matters and no desire at all to investigate effects and causes those who study among them study classic authors and learn rhetoric poetry too is by no means uncultivated at milan where the abate perini's satires are admirable and so esteemed by those who themselves know very well to write and how to judge common philosophy la physique as the french call it geography astronomy chemistry are oddly left behind somehow and it is to their ignorance of these matters that i am apt to impute italian credulity to which every wonder is welcome lugano we have now passed one day in switzerland rowing to the little town lugano over its pretty lake a fanciful traveller might be tempted to think he could discern some streaks of liberty in the manners of the people if it were but in the innkeeper at whose house we dined this may however be merely my own prejudice and somebody told me it was so we were shown on one side the water as we went across a small place called campioni which is ferro imperiale and governed by the padre abate of a neighbouring convent who has power even over the lives of his subjects for six years at the expiration of which term another despot of the day is chosen appointed i should have said and the last returns to his original state 
amenable however for any very shocking thing he may have done during the course of his dictatorship and no complaint has been ever made yet of any such governor so circumstanced and appointed his conduct is commonly but too mild and clement this i thought worth remarking as consolatory to one's feelings lugano meantime scorns absolute authority as cicerone there in reply to the question asked in italy three times a day i believe che principe paghi la sua residenza note what prince makes his residence here End note, replied that they were plagued with no principi at all while the thirteen cantons protected all their subjects and though as the man expressed it only half of them were christians and the other half protestants no church or convent had ever wanted respect while their town regularly received a monthly governor from every canton and was perfectly contented with this ambulatory dominion here was the first gallows i have seen these two years they have a pretty commerce too at lugano for the size of the place and the shopkeepers show that officiousness and attention seldom observed in arbitrary states where quote, content the bane of industry unquote, soon leads people to neglect the trouble of getting for the pleasure of spending their money one therefore sees the inhabitants of italian cities for the most part merry and cheerful or else pious and penitent little attentive to their shops but easily disposed to loiter under their mistress's window with a guitar or rove about the streets at night with a pretty girl under their arms singing as they go or squeaking with a droll accent if it is the time for masquerades broad avarice ambition are the vices of republican states and a cold climate idleness sensuality and revenge are the weeds of a warm country and monarchical governments if these people are not good they at least wish they were better they do not applaud their own conduct when their passions carry them too far they beat their bosoms at the foot of a crucifix in the street with no more hypocrisy than they beat a tambourine there perhaps with no more effect neither if no alteration of behaviour succeeds their contrition yet when an englishman who was probably more ashamed of repenting than of sinning accuses them of false pretensions to pious fervour he wrongs them and would do well to repent himself End of chapter twelve part one